Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Contractor Radio. I am your host, Jim Johnson, the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro. And uh, this show is all about helping contractors get control of their business so they can grow their business and find some personal and financial freedom, which is why we all start our businesses in the first place. I've got an amazing guest on today. Uh, this guy is everything media. Uh, and really what he does is he helps contractors uh, become famous. Uh, we've done some things like this on social media, uh, but we're gonna talk a little bit about how to become famous on video and various other platforms and why it's so important to your business. And we're probably gonna learn some pretty cool things about this guy. But before we get there, uh, we got to keep the lights on and do what we do here. So we're going to listen to a little word from one of our sponsors, the amazing sponsor, Get the Referral. Who doesn't love getting more referrals? GTR will make your referral game stronger than ever with our four-step process. First, engage with customers through job status updates and push notifications. Then, motivate your advocates to send referrals and earn rewards. Third, track and manage all of your results through your company's dashboard. And finally, sit back and enjoy achieving up to 40 times ROI. GTR is the number one referral platform for contractors. So book your demo today at gettthereferral.com. We love the guys over at Get The Referral, uh, so much so that we use them here at Contractor Coach Pro uh, for referrals. If you are looking to get more referrals, track those referrals and reward those referrals, Get the referral is probably your best bet out there to do so. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with the founder and CEO of Nubs Media, uh, Tommy Richardson. I'm excited to talk to him because I got some things along the lines of what, what should we do as contractors whenever it comes to uh, the video work, especially whenever we're out there marketing? Should it be just like us shooting pictures of ourselves on camera? Should it be like really highly produced? Should it be somewhere in between? I want to try and get some of those answers, but I also want to find out a little bit more about him. So, uh, hey, Tommy, uh, one second here. Let, let's get hey. welcome aboard, man. Good to have you. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Doing good, really good. How about yourself? Uh, hanging in there, trying to stay warm. Not used to forty degree weather at the beach, but here we are. Oh, forty! You're in Wilmington, North Carolina, right? Yes, yeah, sir. That's correct. And it's forty degrees there today. It, it is cold. It actually huh. it snowed Saturday. Whoa, that's yeah. really, snow very often in Wilmington, do they? That's the first time it snowed in through four years. Oh, wow. Yeah, we, yep. I, I don't know if you saw like Snowmageddon in Texas last year. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's like we get snow about every 12 years. And like, <laughs> what in the heck just happened? Well, so, we, call uh, snow, we call snow a half inch. Uh, we got like <laughs> six inches in, in San Antonio, which is the weirdest That's crazy. Thing. Um, so, founder. CEO of Nubs Media. That's correct. Uh, former military in the Army, right? Yes, sir. That's right. Or Bragg. Uh, that was yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, buddy. Uh, 
tell us a little bit about your background and and why social media came about. What, what, what's that all about? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I'll, I won't go too far back, but, uh, I actually started off, um, when we moved to Wilmington, I became a real estate agent. Uh, when we were here, I did, um, uh, did real estate for about three years. I was, I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, things went well. We did $4 million in real estate first year up to 10 million by the end of year three. But, um, I just didn't, didn't really enjoy it. So I said, all right, let's make a change. Well, at that time, a uh, good friend of mine, Justin Woodruff, had just started uh, ready roofing a couple months prior to Hurricane Florence hitting the um, East Coast here in North Carolina. So he asked me if I wanted to come on board with him and uh, do some roof sales. I was like, sure, why not? Sales is sales, right? So uh, I jumped on board with him. And about six months later, I was like, I don't really enjoy crawling on roofs all that much. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so, um, but I loved working with the company. It, it was a whole lot of fun. I, I loved the atmosphere and the culture that Ready Roofing had and still do to this day, by the way. It's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal company. And um, he says, hey, man, do you know how to fly a drone? Sure, why not? I, can, I know how to do that. It's just like playing a video game. So I uh, started doing that, just doing photos of houses that they completed after Hurricane Florence, just to post something, um, which led me to learn Photoshop and Lightroom. And then it kind of you know, transitioned into video and all that good stuff as well, which ended up transitioning to social media management and then Google and websites and all that good stuff. So you know, we were, we were with them for two years before I broke off and did my own thing with Nubs Media um, in August of 2020. August of 2020. Oh, right in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, that's right. So I, I didn't know the whole thing about ready roofing. I, um, so I, I'm familiar with Justin. I, mm-hmm. I like the guy. And I noticed that ready roofing, you know, I've been around a while, 24 years in this industry. And then all of a sudden ready roofing is like everywhere. And yeah. There's social media, there's pictures, there's uh, Justin was speaking and stuff like that. And like, was that from you guys starting to ramp up this uh, aspect of video and social media and that stuff in that business? Uh, I mean, I'd like to think some of it had to do with what I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> were, they do- were they doing it before you guys, you stepped into uh, kind of taking that on? Not to the level that we, that we eventually took it to. Um, you know, they'd take their phone out, take a picture of something with the sign in the front yard and things to that extent. But getting that large national exposure, I think, was a combination of what we were doing. And also that Justin is just an extremely outgoing guy and mm-hmm. he can literally talk to anybody. Um, and I think between the combination of those two things, it just kind of catapulted Ready Roofing into what they've become today. That's that's awesome. Uh, so a lot of on the job learning and a great a lot, company, yeah. great culture. Um, I actually met a guy at the SRC Summit we were just at. Um, that was one of their branch managers or owner. Yeah, Todd uh, Wright. Yeah, Todd. Yeah, and, Todd, uh, great dude. I got to uh, sit down with him uh, and watch, catch the end of, uh, I think, the Kansas City game, I think is what yeah. we were watching. And uh, great dude. Uh, really awesome. Yeah. Enjoyed uh, speaking with him and learning a little bit more about what he does and, and kind of how they're set up. So uh, that's that's awesome. Um, before we talk more about those media, like yeah. – Military, yeah, that that bag. I, I have a, a a huge appreciation for anybody that serves. 
Uh, it, our freedom is what you guys are protecting. And I think it's absolutely amazing. So uh, first things first, I just want to say thank you. Well, is, more than welcome, sir. It is an amazing uh, thing that uh, people will put up and sacrifice for this country. Uh, my grandfather, retired military. My uncle, uh, retired military. My brother, retired military. Every male member in my family <laughs> has been in the military except for me. <laughs> and, uh, and the reason for that is I actually went to my grandfather and I said, hey, uh, baseball's over. I don't know what I'm going to do next. I'm thinking about going to the military. And he said, not you. And I went, mm. what? Like, wow. you, okay. <laughs> like his job is to talk to all the male members of the family and convince them to go in the military. Like that's what interesting. And he goes, not you. And I, I said, why not? And he goes, well, um, you realize the highest I made, it was a master sergeant in 22 years. And there's a reason for that. And uh, kind of butted heads with it. You don't get stationed in Thule, Greenland because you were doing everything you're supposed to do. Yeah. And he goes, you're too much like me. And it's going to go one of two ways for you. You're either going to be Mr. Gung-Ho or you're going to be in Thule, Greenland. And uh, so I don't think I want to take that chance with my grandson. So uh, you yeah. might want to find something else to do. Uh, so uh, military what is that like? I seriously, like, I, I've never been able to ask this question on my show before, but what is yeah. that like to go and serve and just do that thing? It was, did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you just do it? What was it? Oh was man. I, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I, um, my plan was to be career military. i this was never part of what I had planned for myself when I was 19, 20 years old. Um, you know, our stories are complete opposites is my great grandfather served in World War Two and then nobody served in the military until I did. And when I went in in 2008. Wow. Yeah. So it was like a major, major gap there. So everybody looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> <laughs> which I mean, you know, to a certain extent, you got to be a little crazy to join the military. Right. But um, man, it was it was fun. You know, those first couple of weeks in basic training, it's it's a mental shock. Um, you have to get up early. You got to go work out. You know, when I went into the military, I was 6'1", 270 pounds. I was, I was a big boy. Cool. I had a 42-inch waist. Wow. Yeah. And when I got out of basic training, I had dropped three sizes in my ACUs. And I was, uh, I was also 180 pounds. So I lost 90 pounds in 16 weeks. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was just like, I got to go run. That sounds awful. You know, like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do push-ups. I don't want to do any of that mess. Like, I couldn't climb a rope when I got to basic training. I had to learn how to climb a rope in order to pass certain standards that they had for us. Um, you know, but you eventually just get into that routine, you know, and you don't even realize it until you're out of basic training and you get around your family. You know, like things need to be done a certain way, you know, like your clothes need to be folded a certain way. You walk at a certain speed, you know, you when you do something, you don't stop until it's done type of deal. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what you learn. And then when I got to the 82nd Airborne, it was a super easy transition. I mean, it, it just was. Uh, the only thing that really messes with you is when when I got to Fort Bragg, you like basically you're in hold for about a week until they can get you to your unit. So you're just kind of chilling on post, just doing your thing. And um, they told us, they're like, Hey, you're going to, you know, 
this battalion and this company and they're deploying in October. And this was in June. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, I guess that just got real because that doesn't set in while you're in basic training. Right. You know, so once you find that out, you, you start mentally preparing a little bit differently to for what you actually signed up for. And, um, but I mean, going overseas, you know, you're, you're with the group that you've been training with for months and months. You guys trust each other. You love each other. It is just a, a brotherhood that just can't really be explained unless you genuinely experience it. Um, I would equate sports like you, you alluded to baseball. I would equate that or like fire department or police department to the closest thing you can possibly get to, to that type of camaraderie. Yeah, you see a lot of guys come out of the military and go into, you know, police department, fire department, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, you see a lot of people that are in military, get out of the military and, and go the entrepreneur route. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they have a different level of discipline. Yep. Uh, have you carried that over, like from military to what you were doing work-wise? Do you still see yourself getting up early, going through a routine, those type of things? Is it embedded in you? Oh, yeah. I mean, even when I was in college, uh, my roommates hated me um, because I, I get up at 515 every morning. I don't care if it's a, a Wednesday or Saturday. Like, I just that's just what time I get up and I have my morning routine. I grab my coffee. Um, you know, I do my devotion. You know, I have like me time just for a little bit because I have two kids and a wife and they don't get up till around 630. So I got an hour and 15 minutes in the morning, which is the only time of day where it's just quiet. You know, but for me, because I've been doing that since I was 19 years old, it's it's just easy. It's been 14 years now, you know, and I just do it. So I find this a commonality, uh, especially in people that uh, are either successful or on their pathway to success is that they do get up early. They have Mm -hmm. that me time in the morning that allows them to kind of get ready for the day. You mentioned you do a devotional. I do the same. Uh, it's this time where I can be really focused without all that distraction. And and so the reason I was asking all that stuff is because on the other side of things, you're creating the distraction. It's something yeah. that we have to be very aware of, mindful of, because I believe that we've become a very surface level information society right now. And we're walking on thin ice, like too oh, much yeah. of that stuff doesn't give us any depth and we get into trouble. Um, how do you balance that? Like, because uh, I, I mean, is that like new concept to you? Like, hey, I'm over here going, I need my me time, my quiet time, my focus time. And I'm going to go out here and create a bunch of distraction because I need people's eyes on my stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I know for me, this may sound weird to some people. I'm not on social media that much. I'm really not. That's just, I don't know. Like I just, I just don't do it. Like you go to the bathroom or something, I'll scroll TikTok or Instagram or whatever. But outside of that, I don't really like lay around the house and, and look at my phone. I just don't do it. You know, um, uh, and and that it's hard for me to do because I want to see how our stuff is doing. <laughs> I want to see how my, you know, our customer stuff is doing, you know, like did this video work? Did that post work? Are they getting the engagements that they want and so on and so forth? Uh, but I have an, an amazing team around me that assists me in that. Um, I actually, uh, my sister works for me and she's 23 years old. She has a degree in, you know, social communications with a concentration in social media management, I think is what it's called. Wow. 
I think that's I what's, I, can't, that's I couldn't thing. believe that was a degree. Yeah, I was like, that's a thing now? Uh, yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. When she told me that's what her concentration was in, it completely caught me off guard. But so I hired her. She's been with me for a year now. She got hired January 1st of 2021. And she's been with me for a little over a year now. And, you know, fortunately with her, she she really takes care of that side for me. So I don't have to keep an eye on it. You know, she, she just does it. Um, you know, same thing with our website stuff. I, you know, I got a guy that does that for us. His name's John. He is absolutely amazing. But yeah, to, to balance between those two is really hard because I understand how important it is to have that quiet time free of distraction. But it's my job to disrupt that at the same time for my clients. Yeah, the, you know, you, you mentioned this. I want to look, right? I want to look. I want to see. I want to see how we're doing. And uh, that's that uh, dopamine rush that we get from somebody validating whether we did well or not, right? Yep. Um, that's why people make posts on Facebook is to see how many people like them. Right? Is really what it comes down to because we constantly go back looking to see, hey, did somebody like that or not like that. I've had to really compartmentalize that stuff because I'll find that it will take me to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Yep. Sounds like you've found the same thing. Like you had to compartmentalize your business. Would you say that roofers need to do the same thing in their world is like compartmentalize those things so they can stay focused on what it is and, they're after? Yeah, I, th I think it's just a healthy thing to have, right? Because the way that I look at it is you post it, you trust that it's going to work and you continue that trust. And if you're continuously going back and checking on something over and over and over again, then you don't trust it. And trust what you're doing, trust what you're saying, trust what you're putting out there. And the results will speak for themselves. Is Because oh. is, that, that's how I have to look at it as well, right? Because I don't, as, as the owner of Nubs Media, I don't create my own post. I don't do it. Like that's, that's what my social media team does. They take care of that for me. And I've had to condition myself, which has taken a long time. I don't need to go back and, and look at every single word and all that because I have to trust that it's done the right way. And now, and, and even so, after six or seven months of really going to social media hard, now we're starting to see the results of that. I mean, we've gotten, you know, a couple of messages in the past couple of days. You know, if people want us to come do work for them. And I had to just say, I trust that they know what they're doing. And that is extremely hard to do. Yeah, we as uh, A-type personalities that start businesses, entrepreneurs, we, we feel like we got to have our eyes on everything. And as our business starts to grow, we start to bring people into place. We can end up being the, the pinch point. Uh, this mm -hmm. Everything's got to pass through us. And all it does is slow us down. And so it sounds like you guys are speeding up quite a bit. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, this is this is the time of year where everybody starts looking for that next marketing company. I know that sounds so bad, but the next marketing company, because they're like, okay, we know what our marketing budget is for the year. These are the things we want to accomplish. Who can fit inside of that budget and give us the highest results possible? So, you know, for us, it's been, you know, a month straight of people reaching out to us and basically them interviewing us and us interviewing them at the same time, making sure that it's a good fit both ways. Um, so this is the, just that busier time of year where you're starting to ramp back up and then you'll see sometime in December or sometimes even mid November, it'll start trickling off again and then it'll ramp back up and so on and so forth. 
yeah, that seasonality of our business um, plays a big part in that. Uh, so, you know, as well as I do, there's 9 million marketing companies out there. Uh, oh, yeah. And that's probably being light. Um, <laughs> how frustrating is it for you to see on social media the comments that uh, contractors make about marketing companies? I'm so glad you asked this question. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this question. <laughs> so, so here's the deal is trying to put this lightly to where I'm not being mean to anybody. Oh, be mean. We're, 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 we're an adult show, so we're going to be mean. Okay. So over the course of, of what I've seen the past three to four years, right? You get what I call cold calls or cold messages going to contractors, right? And every single one of them is the same. Hey, could you handle another 30 leads per month? Everybody says that stuff, right? Everybody does. We don't do that. That is not what we do because I think it's absolutely stupid in my opinion, right? There is not a single marketing company out there that can guarantee a certain amount of leads, period, into discussion. You cannot do it. Like literally just the other day, I saw something pop up on my feed on Facebook and it was, hey, we're getting guaranteed leads for our clients, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> nobody can guarantee a lead for their client. It's impossible. You cannot do it, right? Like I can say, yeah, I can make your phone ring because I know I can make your phone ring, but how much? I can't make those promises. That's not who we are. And it's frustrating because the Google and Facebook and, and the video content and all that, if I've only been in the roofing industry for about four years and I've seen it slowly progress to where it's more and more and more popular. Right. And, and, and these cold call, cold message marketers continuously send it and people are like, yeah, I can do that. I would love 30 more leads a month. And then they sign up with that one company that doesn't work. And they're like, well, oh, all marketing companies suck. Right. <laughs> We see a lot of that. For and sure. it's like, no, you, not all marketing companies suck. There has to be a period to where you interview them, you know, get them to show you their, their successes, right? Like these are true numbers average across the board in your particular location that you're located, or at least a similar market as, as what you have. This is what we've been able to produce. Right. And I also think it comes down to the marketing company telling the roofing contractors the truth from the very beginning. And What's the because truth? the truth is not every single market is the same. Right. So with us, we're in Wilmington, North Carolina. Right. We are an extremely storm dependent market here. If a hurricane doesn't hit, people probably don't want a new roof on their house. That's just the reality of it because they know another one's going to come through. So what's the point of getting it replaced? Because everybody out here is very familiar with that insurance process, right? So that's this is a tough market to be in as a roofing contractor. That's just the reality of it. You go to Raleigh, North Carolina. They get hailstorms. We don't get hail in, in Wilmington. We don't get that. We get windstorms. Well, in Raleigh, you get windstorms. You're getting hailstorms. You're getting tornadoes. You're getting all sorts of stuff out there, right? But if you and, – and the same thing happens in Dallas, Texas or San Antonio or Houston, wherever you are. Well, the problem is in Raleigh, North Carolina, there's about a quarter of the amount of roofing contractors as there is in that DFW market. Right. Right. 
So your calls per lead in that DFW market is four times as much as what it is in Raleigh, North Carolina. So in order for you to see the same successes as what we do here, you need to spend four times as much money. And that's just the reality of it. That's just how I can't change that, right? So telling the contractor the truth from the very, very beginning and, and just being straight with them so you're managing expectations just like you do if you were to go sell a roof to a, to a homeowner. You have to manage expectations from the very beginning and just set realistic goals. This is what we're looking at if you spend this much money. And too many marketing companies out there are just like, nope, I just want to get that short-term paycheck for at least six months get them on that contract and we're good to go. I look at it differently. I want every one of my clients to stay with me for the rest of the time that that company is open. Because that, I mean, not only is it just good business practice, but it also gives me a lot of predictable income. And, and that's just, that's the honest to goodness truth is that you have to tell contractors the truth about the market that they are in. And if that marketing company refuses to do the research on where you are and just giving you numbers, oh yeah, $4,000 a month in ad spend will get the job done. And they haven't done any research, then you don't need to go with them because they haven't done their research and they don't know your market. So what are the, what, what would be some of the key thing? If I'm a contractor and I'm like, Hey, I'm ready to step into this marketing thing. Yep. Uh, but beyond knocking doors and doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make my income a little more predictable. What are some of the key things they should be looking for in a, in a media company? Um, Hold on a second. Yep. Before you answer that question, okay. uh, we're going to, we're going to hear from one of our spying. I almost yeah. missed it. I almost messed yeah. up. We're going to come right back with that. What are some of the key things a contractor should be looking for whenever they're uh, looking at a media company? Want more five-star reviews from your customers? At Signpost, we make it easy for your customers to give you great reviews on Google, Facebook, Yelp, and more. Our software connects with industry-specific solutions, driving even more reviews from your customers. Drive loyalty and repeat business by sending the right messages at the right times to your prospects and customers. Message your contacts from anywhere, anytime, using text, photos, and video, all in one app. Check on progress with campaigns and review generation across Google, Facebook, and Yelp. Visit signpost.com and get your demo today. If you haven't checked out Signpost and you want to create a interactive connectivity with your clients in a way that they want to be spoken to and connected with. You should check them out. I got to hang out at the last conference right next to them. Uh, these guys are amazing. Check them out. They'll make your engagement with your prospects and your clients something that uh, is truly valuable into turning them into customers. So talking about valuable, uh, turning <laughs> people into customers. Uh, let's talk about the key things. Uh, what are the key things that we should be looking for as contractors in a media company? So one of the one of the big things that that we try to do is we try to show production, like overall production, right? We don't just pick our best two clients and just be like, hey, this is what we did for a company similar to yours, right? You know, so, and, and, and I've watched a lot of companies do that because I've been on those calls with them when they've made those calls. Um, you know, so I would say get an average of what they're doing across at least five different people. 
is, is what I would do. So like, for instance, if you're, if you're looking to get into pay-per-click ads, right, on Google for Google phone calls, okay, show me five different companies that you've actually worked for and then show me the results that you've been able to get those companies in a similar, you know, industry is what I'm in. Right. That would be the first thing. Don't just let them, don't just let a marketing company show you the absolute best one that they've ever done business with, you know, because we all have that one client where it just drastically exceeded expectations. We have that <laughs> client too. Right. Like we had a client, we were averaging an extra 60 phone calls a month for him. Wow. Couldn't believe it. Like it completely caught us off guard. Right. <laughs> completely caught us. And we we're like, this is freaking great. Right. You know, and, and they loved it. We loved it. Everything was going phenomenal. Right. So and, and still is it's, everything still is going great. But, you know, but that's just one client. Well, what about that other client where it took me three to four months to really hone in on what it was that they were looking for because they were a very specialty company. They only wanted to do metal roofs. That's it. That's all they cared about because their thing was is they wanted people who wanted to upgrade their current roof because they're in the Wilmington market. Right. So they were looking for more retail stuff. Well, those phone calls might have been 10 a month, not 60 a month, right? <laughs> but if you're closing five metal roofs per month, you know, you're, you're still making decent money with the level of investment that you made with us. You know, the, the, the way that I look at it, if you're spending $5,000 a month with me, I should be producing $50,000 a month in sales for you. So we try to 10x your total investment. That includes ad spend and everything. So if you're doing $10,000 a month, we should be producing $100,000 a month in sales. Right? Okay. That's that's kind of how we look at how that is supposed to go. Gotcha. From a paper from a pay-per-click standpoint, from pay-per-click with like Google and all that good stuff. So anything else we should be asking? So I want to see some comparisons. That's one of the keys. Like, hey, yep. I'm just your best. Show me five. Maybe even yep. talk to them. Like, hey, can I get their number and talk to them how the experience went? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that was going to be my next thing is referrals, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, with us, we're pretty fortunate in the fact that our company is very different, that we do a lot of video work, right? So we have probably five or six different people that, well, more than that, but five or six really good testimonials to where we actually send that to the um, to any lead that we get prior to ever jumping on a call like this with them. So that way they can hear it from people that we've done work for that we're worth our we're worth the investment. So okay. I think testimonials and referrals is a huge thing. Um, and the thing is, is most most media companies or most marketing companies should have a couple of people who are willing to vouch for them. Right. I would agree. Yeah, they should. Realistically. <laughs> it seems like that right? would be important. Yeah. And then from the media standpoint, if you're hiring a videographer, and 95% of contractors get this right, is look at their, their portfolio of work. What do they do the most of, right? Um, you know, for us, we work primarily with roofing contractors, just to be honest. I mean, 70% of our clients are in the roofing industry. So we're extremely comfortable climbing on roofs and getting the right shots. I know what needs to be said. I know what needs to be filmed. You know, get somebody who's already familiar with what your market is and what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis so that way you can hone it in a lot quicker. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, so that, that's three three big keys. Now, yep. I'm a contractor. Yes, sir. And, and I don't want to hire a media company. Okay. 
Um, so let's let's say I'm I'm not at a budget to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, what should I be focused on? Especially for like I would say the thing that really kind of separates you guys from everything else is is the video capture aspect of what you do and and how you can cut that up and make it really awesome for them uh, for a long period of time. Can they do it with just a phone? Should they get a videographer? Like, what kind of content should I be putting out there? Does it need to be like this really polished, like commercial level type stuff? Um, or does it just need to be me and authentic? Um, just be authentic. I mean, I would say, I, I know at least with, with an iPhone, right? I can film 40K, 60 frames per second on that iPhone. That means I can slow it down to 50% speed and give it that smooth butter look with the slow motion. Right. Yeah. Any, I mean, anybody, and I'm sure, I'm sure Samsung phones and Android phones, you have that capability as well. I just don't know because I don't have one. Right. Yeah. I got <laughs> I the pixel here. You, you showed wrong. up green on, you showed up green on my phone. I know you didn't <laughs> have an iPhone, <laughs> but, um, but you know, I mean, just be authentic and be yourself. Not everything has to be perfectly polished off. Right. Not everything does, you know, like, I keep going back to Justin because, I mean, me and him are good friends, so I see a lot of what he does. You know, I mean, of course, he has his polished-off videos that that we do for him, right? But, man, 70% of the time, he's just out there with his phone, you know, just going live and doing his thing from his cell phone. Right. You know, and 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 that works, too. There's absolutely nothing wrong with doing it that way, so you know? So we got we got a couple different approaches. You got hey, really polished stuff. You've got more authentic. Um, the more authentic is easier for us as contractors to do sometimes. Uh, yep. If we're okay with being on camera, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of guys are a little uncomfortable with that. Uh, I, I had a client that I'm like, hey, you gotta start taking some video. It's just seriously, he's like, dude, I hate being on camera. Look at me, I don't want to be on camera. Like, yeah. Being on camera uh, is gonna. I said, well, shoot the first few and send them to me. Just send them to me. I'll look at them and, and I'll let you know. So he sends them to me and they're terrible. They're all choppy. And, all <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm like, but that's okay. Like that speaks to people. The, this, hey, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I'm going to do that for you too. You get this following of people that are like, hey, I like that. I like this thing. And the other thing that happened was I noticed with each one, they got a little better. Mm -hmm. See what happens when you start to do them, they get better and better and better. So yes. this consistency thing, what do you think about that? Like, uh, how consistent do I need to be? Oh, my gosh. Consistency is everything, right? So when we were um, with Ready Roofing, I keep going back to that because that's just such a great example of, of consistency. You know, Justin was like, I don't care about the music as long as everything is said the right way and it's truthful, post it. Just get it out there, right? So... Like I would film with him from eight in the morning until 12 in the afternoon. And then I would, I would spend a couple hours cause I wasn't that good at it yet. I would probably spend three to four hours. Like I said, I wasn't good at it. So I didn't know what, what I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And and then we would just post it by five o'clock every afternoon. We had a video out for four straight months. That's just what we did at five o'clock. Every single day, a video went out, whether it was one that I did or whether it was one that Justin did or any of the sales guys did every single day, a video got posted bottom line. Right. And for me, where I'm at now, it's, it's hard for me to be able to post a video every single day for the client when we do the social media management side of things, because there is a responsibility that the business owner has to take on that as well of just doing it yourself. 
you know, because we don't film with, with every single customer every single day. Right. You know, so we try to get between four and six videos a month that we can post that are extremely polished off. But we also try to help them from the standpoint of you've also got to do it yourself for the consistency factor. Right. So just kill them with content was kind of like our saying for the longest time. Kill it with content. No matter what it is, just post it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. Post it. And that was our philosophy for the longest time. I, I liked how you, you said, as long as what they were saying was truthful, post it. Yeah. I think that was yep. the key, right? Like it didn't have to be perfect. Just as nope. long as it's truthful, it's, it's actually who you are. You know, there's something that's like the this whole show is kind of revolving around. Kind of started with your military thing. I mean, we were talking about that. Now we've mm-hmm. gotten into this, meet this consistency thing. The yep. thing of consistent small actions over a long period of time create something. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see that? So years ago, so we go to Port City Community Church here in, in Wilmington, North Carolina, and it was probably the second time I ever went to church here um, because we had just moved here in 2016. Yeah, 2016. And Pastor Mike Ashcraft, I, I love this church. I've never actually met him. in person, but I love him, right? He goes, it's not one big action that's going to change your life. It's numerous small actions done the right way over the course of time that will change your life. Could not agree more. And dude, when he said that, it just like, it just clicked in my brain. I'm like, God, he is so right. He is 100% right. I'm sure, I love you, Mike, if you ever hear this, but I'm sure you're not the one who came up with that, right? But I mean, he might have been. I don't know, but I seriously doubt it. Somebody else has probably said that. I think that goes back to the early philosophers. And I I think I saw a quote similar to that from uh, Socrates, actually. Yeah. Uh, And and I'm a big person on that type of thing. Like, I'm not going to do something big every day, right? Like this big action. Uh, Like I did that speech at the SRC thing. That wasn't the big action. That was the the compilation of thousands of little actions to get to that particular day. And uh, it's kind of just how I treat my business. It's what we teach. It's super important, that consistency aspect of things, because consistency breeds excellence. just does. does. Uh, In the military, wake up every single morning at this time. We do these drills. We do this. We do this. Like You do this practice over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So then when it becomes the time that a life is on the line, there's no thought to it. You it just, just do it. Is. You just yep. do it. It's the same, like, you big thing going on right now, football playoffs, right? Yeah. And when it comes down to those last critical minutes, you can see the ones that are just doing what they're supposed to do, and then you can see the ones that didn't do the practice that was necessary to get to there. Um, yeah. One, one of the things, if I may, just real quick. Yeah, go ahead. One of the things that – that we do and we try we try to consistently do for every person that we work for, whether it's with us or, you know, whether it's, you know, we're helping, you know, somebody else out that maybe they don't, we're helping another company get a client right, if that makes sense, right? Right. Your training pays off over time, right? If you train in it every day, like you said, it's going to pay off because at some point it'll just start working because of consistency. 
And what we try to explain is consistency in social media. You cannot expect it to turn around in one month because you've only been training your following for one month what you're doing. Right. Because you also have to train the people that follow you. Okay. And and through what you're posting, through how you're saying it, through your branding, and all of it comes through consistency. Well, you can't learn how to perfectly shoot a three-pointer at an NBA range in one month. It's not going to happen, right? You can't learn how to throw a perfect curveball in a month. It's not going to happen. What does it take? It takes years of training to do that, right? Yeah, what level are you at? Are you at Little League or are you at the Major Leagues? Exactly. And and that's what we have to go in and we have to assess the social media presence they currently have and what they're currently getting and go, okay, we're playing Little League Baseball right now. So we've got to essentially learn how to field a ground ball first. And then we can figure out how to turn a double play. So, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So is that part of what you guys do? Do you, do you help them with that consistency side of it? Do you give them a strategy for that in addition to what you're doing for their social media or is it more just guidance? What, what do you guys do there? So we have, uh, what we do is, is we say, Hey, we will post for you once a day, five days a week to at least have that consistency. Right. But you also have to take matters into your own hands and you have to post things when you're live on a job site. Right. Because, like I said, I, I can't be there for every single scenario that that happens. So train your sales guys or train your crews that are working or your project managers when they show up. Just film it. They don't have to be on camera. Just film it and explain what's happening from behind the camera. And then send it and let's post it or go live or something like that. The most successful clients we have, and I'm just being very honest with you, most successful clients we have, we post once a day, they post once a day. What, what works better? Like the post of one of their videos on their, and like, is it the stories thing on Facebook and Instagram? Is it a video on their page? Is it a video on their own personal feed? Is it going live? Like what are the things that work? So we always tell people you have to share everything that we post or that you post onto your business page. You have to, because people are going to pay attention to your personal page more than they pay attention to your business page because they're expecting a sale to be sold to on a business page on your personal page. They'll actually care a little bit more, right? Because it's coming from the person like for you, it's coming from the person, Jim Johnson, not the business owner, Jim Johnson, from a business page, if that so makes sense. The only place I post anymore is on my own personal. Exactly. He handles the whole business page and all that yeah. stuff, but I, I yeah. handle my own personal one. Exactly. So, yeah. What was the question again? I just I just went well, off. What, on a, what works better? Like, is it? So we say, hey, the the personal feed works maybe better than the business page because they're expecting to be sold and they're starting to know who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. Um, but from a from a like interaction aspect, is it posting a graphic? Is it uh, having a video that I have and I just post it up there? Is it going live and like maybe having Q and A and letting people respond? So what, what? It's all of it. All okay. of it. And, and, and I know that. And I know that sounds like a, a very yeah. you know lawyer answer, but it's truth though. <laughs> so there's there's a marketing pie, mm-hmm. right? Essentially, how it is. So in each one of each one of those pieces also has its own pieces in it. Right. 
So let's just take, for instance, Facebook, and we're just going to stick with that for a second, right? So you have your lives, you have your graphic posts, you have your video posts, you have your stories, you have all of those four things that come into effect, right? And your personal page too. So you have five of those things that come into effect that all surround your business, right? You have to do all of those for that one piece of the pie to function the way that it's supposed to, right? Because I also tell business owners that all the time. If you're only focusing on either social media or your website or Google or any other thing that you can come up with, if you're only focusing on one thing, you're missing 75% of what you could be doing. Well, I was going to ask you. You have to be everywhere. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, um, I kind of noticed a trend, you know, two, three years ago, Facebook was kind of the place to be. Like that's mm-hmm. where you saw a lot of the ads, you saw a lot of people running, you know, whatever their ads were on Facebook and going through the Facebook ads manager and which is now business manager and all that other good fun stuff that goes yeah. on changing once a week. Um, <laughs> but, but I've seen kind of this shift almost back a little bit to the Google side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that too? Or is that just 100%. me? Okay. So hundred percent. So Google is a place to be because, you know, a lot of people haven't been doing Google because they're so mm-hmm. focused on the Facebook side of things. And that's where a lot of these guys are like, I guarantee you 30 leads, you know, that type mm-hmm. of thing. That's where they're coming from is that Facebook world. Yep. But I kind of think about like where I search, right? Like if I was looking for something. Exactly. I don't, I don't go to Facebook and say, hey, roofing company, right? In Wilmington. Nope. I, I do that on Google. But why yeah. do you think people don't spend enough time on Google? Uh, because it costs a lot. (laughs) I mean, just being straightforward with you. I mean, Google ain't cheap, right? And to pay a company to manage it ain't cheap because not many people know this. And I just learned it, uh, from our Google guy that we have, we call him the Googler, uh, here (laughs) in the office, just learned it from him that about every six to eight months, Google changes their algorithm for no reason whatsoever. I think it's just screw you guys up. I think that's, I mean, that's, yeah, you know, so and that and that comes from your search engine optimization. That comes from Google Ads. There's also local services, or what some people call uh, Google Guaranteed. And Google Guaranteed local services are the exact same thing, by the way. I was going to say Google Guaranteed local services, same thing. Is that different from Google My Business? Yes, and then there's also your Google My Business aspect, which you know it, it, you you may not get many leads from your Google My Business, but you have to do it. You absolutely <laughs> have to do it. About. And you also have to geotag every single photo that you post. Because what that does is that attaches a location to that photo. So if you, if we're in Wilmington, North Carolina, and somebody Googles, you know, um, you know, the Atlas Pinnacle Pristine, you know, shingle, right? If they Google that and then they click on photos, you don't want them seeing it in you know, Dallas, Fort Worth and your business is in Wilmington. So you geotag it to that specific area. So only people in your area will actually see your photos. Aren't your photos already geotagged? Uh, yes and no. Um, so we, we go ahead and, and put it through one of our programs that we have that we purchased through Google to geotag it specifically to where I only want it to be. Gotcha. So is what we do. So what the way that geotagging... They can read your IP and all that good stuff to guess your location, 
But what we do is we actually say we're in Wilmington, North Carolina, put the pin on it, and it has the latitude and longitude of that on the actual photo, and then we post it. Gotcha. Okay. Man, those are some big things. Nubs Media. Nubs Media? Yeah. Why not me? Like, like the first time I saw him, that's a strange name. I never yeah. heard of him before. <laughs> and uh, so why not? Yeah. So uh, this kind of alludes back to my military days a little bit. Uh, so I was deployed in Baghdad, Iraq in 2008. Uh, deployed actually December 7th. So the day that will live in infamy is the day that I deployed overseas. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Pearl Harbor Day is when we left. And uh, Christmas Eve night of that same year, um, that's when this happened. Oh, wow. So, um, so you were there. Well, hold on a second. I was there for less than a month before I got injured overseas. Oh, wow. Yep. I was there for less than a month. And was that the end of it or? Yeah. So, um, we can get into the story of how it happened here in just a second. So basically what happened is I got injured. Um, I got sent to, to Crete, Iraq. That's where, or sorry, I got sent to the green zone in Baghdad to the hospital. That's where I had my first surgery. I left from Baghdad. I went to Tikrit. I stayed there for six hours and then I got flown to Launchstool, Germany, where I had my second and third surgery on my hand. Um, and then I was supposed to come home on uh, new year's Eve day of 2008, but I didn't. So the next day they flew me to Andrews air force base in Washington, DC. Uh, stayed there for two nights, and then then I flew home uh, to Fort Bragg. Man, uh, well, once again, thank you. Just yeah, seriously. absolutely. Can I can I ask? Like, yeah, of I course. Ask? Yeah, it's. it's not, I mean, some guys it's not cool. And nah, I it's, if it's not, you let me know. For me, it's healing to talk about it. Right. Because keeping it all bottled up and and shoved down, it just, it doesn't do me any good to try to deal with it on my own. Um, you know, like my wife, we didn't meet until six years after it happened. And she knows more about what happened that night than probably anybody else in the world does. And I didn't even know who she was at that time, just because I have to have, I have to be able to process these things. But, um, yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you the whole story of, of what led up to it. Cause the story that led up to it is actually kind of funny. So I know that's weird to say when you got injured, but it is kind of funny. Great attitude, man. That's amazing. It is kind of funny. So we were at uh, Biop, Baghdad International Airport, and because um, that's where we were like staged before we went to what was called an SUJ. Do not ask me what that stands for because I don't know. No one ever explained it to me. So, <laughs> but basically, it was a subset of FOB loyalty, which was the huge FOB that was in Baghdad, right? Ford Operating Base is what FOB stands for. Yeah. So. We were flying in on a Chinook and everybody just had their stuff piled into the middle and we were flying in and the day before the ceasefire got listed or lifted where we were going. So nobody had shot at anybody for like five months. And then all of a sudden the day before we get there, they're like, oh yeah, ceasefire got lifted by the way. Perfect. Sounds good. So we knew we were probably going into a bad situation to begin with. So we landed um, inside of the SUJ and you could just see bullets going past the, uh, the Chinook as we were coming in and on the way down, they were like, Hey, just grab a bag and run inside. We did not, we had our gun. I had my M4 and I had my nine millimeter, but I had no bullets because they hadn't given them to us yet. 
So we were basically no good whatsoever. So like, just run inside. We we're like, all right, cool. So everybody just grabbed a bag that wasn't even ours and just ran inside. And we DV'd those out once we got in there. And then as we're sitting inside, you can hear the bullets hitting the side of the building. Wow. And you're just like, all right, we're here. <laughs> this is it. This is what we trained for. You know, but we didn't have any any ammo. So we just kind of sat inside for a couple hours until everybody quit shooting at each other. And then we then we left and we went to go where we were going to stay. That, is, that, that was my first night in Baghdad. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Man, that's that right. Is, that's some craziness right there. Yeah. Um, how, did, I don't even understand how you process that. Like, how, like you, your first day, all that's happening. Yeah. Like, I, I assume the building was must have been somewhat safe. Oh yeah, it was 100 percent safe. Like none of those, none of those rounds were making it through the building. It's not like we were sitting in there like dodging bullets all night long. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't anything crazy like that. It was just one of those things where you're just sitting there and you're like, "This is real." Like they're yeah. they're willing to kill us over a cause. Yeah, that's a- you know, and and you're just like, okay, if they're willing to do it to me, I have to be willing to do it to them. And that's kind of the mindset that they try to train you for that mindset. But I look at it as kind of being backed into a corner uh, in business a little bit, right? Like you don't know what you're capable of until you're put in that situation to have to make those decisions. That's and, a lot of just being an entrepreneur. You, you like yeah. you jump in and you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to open a business. You don't really know what your potential is until you got to put food on the table. And, and, I guess you'll figure it out. Or you'll or or you'll starve. <laughs> I mean, those yeah. are your two yeah. options. Human beings are pretty amazing in our ability to to figure it out. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, but um, to get to this story and how this happened, so it was um, it was Christmas Eve night. We had just come back from eating whatever mystery meat that they had given us that night, and we're, we're chilling in our room, and it was me and my buddy Dobbs, and. Mensal and Conway. So us four were all staying in the same room with each other because uh, I was a I was a mortarman. So we were the ones who do you know what a mortar is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my job was to aim that mortar according to the uh, coordinates that we got from our forward observers, move it to where it needed to be and drop it and let it fly. That was Ooh. my job. That's what I did. So I was infantry when I was in. Um, along with also, you know, raiding rooms and buildings and all that good stuff and all that jazz. So we're just sitting in there chilling. And we had just taken over uh, for 10th Mountain pr- a couple of days prior to that. And there was a um, in, in the other room across the hall from us is where our uh, platoon sergeant and squad leader and all those guys stayed. They stayed in a different room. I don't know what they did in there, but that's just where they stayed. Um. So I'm sitting there, my back's to the door, and I just hear a ting, 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 ting. And I turn around, and I look under me, and there was this little cindrillic-looking thing under my feet, and it was metal. I was like, that's not good. That needs to leave the room. So I reached down, and I picked it up, and as soon as I touched it, it blew up. So it blew up. I had shrapnel go all the way up the side of my body. I had it in the side of my face, and everything went white, and my ears were ringing. And when I came back to, now, I, I didn't know I was injured at this point. 
I had no idea. It was just because the adrenaline just, just kicked in just like that, right? So I'm just spinning around in a circle. But I can't see anything because everything's still white. So I thought I was blind. I, I just thought it was. And then things started kind of slowly coming back to where I could like spot things and see what was going on. And I looked down and there's like a perfect circle of blood around me. And I was like, man, someone really got effed up. I didn't because, like I said, at the time, I still didn't know that I was the one who was actually injured. So I saw my buddy Dobbs laying on the floor on the other side. And my first thought was, he's injured. I got to go help him. And as soon as I did that right there, that's when I noticed that I was the one who was injured because I like saw like everything just kind of like hanging there. And I was like, that's not good. And, um, and then, you know, they put the tourniquet on my arm. They sent me in. They started pumping me with morphine so the pain would go away. And then they put me on the Blackhawk to leave. And I distinctly remember when we left on the Blackhawk, I could see through the, the uh, front windshield, and I saw an RPG fly at our helicopter, the Blackhawk, that we were leaving on. And thank – I don't know who this pilot was. All I'm saying is thank God for this man. Or woman. It could have been a woman for all. I have no idea. But whoever it was, this individual banked left just as hard as they could, and that RPG missed our Blackhawk. And he must have put this thing into overdrive because we were gone. And we just left, and I got to the hospital and surgeries and all that good stuff. Well, man, I'm glad you're still here. Me and you both, sir. That is an unbelievable story. Um. Well, it, it was obviously a bad thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes those bad things can turn into good things. And, and you've done an amazing job of, of turning something that would take a lesser person um, and send them to the dark um, and, and use that to, to head towards light with Nubs Media. What a, what a way to <laughs> like memorialize it, right? Like to say, hey, yeah. I can take this on and I got this. Well, and... It's, it's funny you say that. So I didn't realize in, until probably a couple of days ago what the name Nubs Media like truly meant to me, like deep at my core, until somebody was offering to pretty much purchase my company last week. Wow. And I was like, there was just something like, you know, I gotten everything that I wanted from it, right? The money was there. They were, you know, I was going to continue to have a job with them and I was basically going to be running a team. You know, everything was going to be exactly what I what I wanted with without the stress of actually running the company. Right. (laughs) And then once they sent the contract and everything over, I looked at it. I was like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. We're in. Right. But then it was just 10 minutes later. This is why I love having kids. Honest to God, this story right here just it just tells you why I love having kids so much. I was I have an eight month old uh, son. His name's Luke, and I was rocking him to sleep. And as I was sitting there rocking him to sleep, it just like all these emotions just started like running through me, right? And dude, I was like crying as I was rocking my son to sleep last week on Friday night or Thursday night, and I was just like, I cannot do this. Like I, I can't just give away what I've been working for for almost two years of my life just because of money. 
Like it's, there, there's more to it than that. And so I got on the call the next day and I was just telling them, you know, this is just how I feel. And the lady straight up asked me, what does Nubs Media mean to me? And man, just the raw emotion just come pouring out of me because it just, this, this whole company is, it's like a full representation of my entire life. You know, from growing up, from I, I grew up in a double wide trailer in the middle of nowhere, and we ate bologna sandwiches and hot dogs every day of my life for the, you know, for as when I was really, really young kid, right? Like my parents had me at 19 years old. You know, my dad was a surveyor and my mom worked for the Department of Transportation. Or sorry, Department of Motor Vehicles. That's, you know, so it's not like I, you know, we had to struggle, right? Like my parents worked their asses off to get where they are right now. And, you know, my mom went through a miscarriage when I was four or five years old. You know, I don't remember it, but she went through that, you know, like, and then you just move on and move on. And then, you know, going through high school and losing my best friend in high school to a car accident and then losing friends to suicide in the military. And then, you know, me getting injured when I was there and then, you know, just a, a plethora of other things that have happened. It's like this, this company just means more than just, you know, half of three of my fingers getting amputated in Iraq. It's like a culmination of everything that I've been through. And I'm trying to harness all of that into helping people out because our tagline is helping good people do great things. That is literally all I care about at the end of the day. That's it. You know, because that's what I was taught my entire life growing up is that no matter what you do, you have to do the right thing, whether it hurts or whether it doesn't hurt. That's what you do. And I just I just couldn't give that up. So it sounded like the dream for you was, hey, um, I got what I wanted. I got this yeah. got this deal that I wanted. Probably going to take care of you pretty well. I'm going to get to do the work you love to do without doing the business part of it, which sucks. I know mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we teach that all the time. Um, but it's almost like you realize that wasn't really the dream. The dream is something else. Do, yep. do you have a handle on what that is now? Nope. <laughs> I don't. Just to be honest, I, I, I don't know where, where Nubs Media is. I, I know where I want it to go, right? Like I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to serve people, but you know, and, and of course we have, you know, six month, one year, five year, 10 year goals, but in reality, I don't know where I'm going to be in five years. I have no clue. I know where I'd like to be. Where's that? Right. In five years, I want to get to a point to where I never have to pick up a camera again because I have phenomenal video guys that are around me. I have a successful company. I'm, I have enough time to spend with my kids and enough money to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. Ooh, that's one of my statements. I like that. That's 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 it for me right like i don't i don't need to be a millionaire i i could absolutely care less about making a million dollars in one year as an individual that that means nothing to me right i would rather have five millionaires around me that i have hired and they were able to be successful because of what we did together that motivates me more than me going to go make a million dollars that's awesome I think that's a, I think that's a pretty good place to, uh, like if you were listening to this as a, as a listener, um, this last, I don't know, five minutes, uh, like we ran overtime because <laughs> I could tell we were getting somewhere. Yeah. And uh, 
if you're listening to this, those are uh, maybe some of the truest words I've ever had on my podcast. <laughs> it ain't about the money. There's more to it's, it than that. It uh, is. And it, it is just cool to hear somebody say it. Yeah. I mean, because like I said, man, for me, I can go make more money. I can't create more time. That's a, I, I'm, I'm older than you. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, the older you get, the more you realize that. You, the yeah. more you realize that there is a, that we are, we are not immortal. We are mortal. There's an end coming. And every moment should be treated as special and valuable. And what are you, what are you putting out from inside of you versus what are you taking from outside of you? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you get, you got a pretty good handle on, on pouring back out instead of taking in. That's, that's super yeah. cool. Man. Well, I, I try. I mean, you know, it's every day you, you try to get just a little bit better. And, you know, that's, that's part of it is not just taking, you know, like when I tell you that, you know, we interview other people because I want lasting relationships, you know, that's, that's a true statement. You know, I want to become really good friends with the people we do business with. I want to know what makes you tick because if I can figure that out, your marketing is going to explode just because we have a great relationship with one another because I understand you and what the culture of your company is even more. That's the level of like getting to know somebody that I want to get to once we start doing business with one another. So if a contractor out there wants to become your friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, a couple of different ways. Um, you can always go to our website, nubsmedia.com. N-U-B-S-M-E-D-I-A.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, uh, Instagram at, uh, at Nubs Media. Uh, you can find me on TikTok. Hold on just a second. I forgot what my TikTok was. This is because, this is because I don't run my TikTok. I, I know what mine is. Mine's the contractor coach. Tommy Nubs. Tommy Nubs. All right. Tommy Nubs is my that TikTok. Makes a lot of sense. All right. You're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of stuff of my kids on there. So it's not a whole lot of business on TikTok. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still haven't figured out the whole TikTok thing. Yeah. And that's but, more uh, how much time do you have, right? Exactly. Or I mean, you can always give me a call. Um, you know, 919-413-8179. Um, give me a call anytime. And uh, we'd love to chat with you and see what we can do for you. What does that look like? Like, So I call you and I say, hey, I'm interested. What what does it look like whenever you engage with somebody in the beginning? Yeah, so everybody always has a reason why they initially call us, right? And 95% of the time it's, hey, we want some cool videos, right? (laughs) All right, cool, let's do it, right? Like we're we're all on board with that. That's what we do. And um, But we just have a conversation. Well, what else are you doing in marketing right now? What are you currently doing that could assist in the video side of things? Oh, well, nothing. Or, oh, we do some SEO. We got our website. Okay, great. That's awesome. What are your biggest pain points that you're currently having? You know, in marketing, what, what are your goals? What are you trying to get to? Because what we're trying to do, again, is understand what it is that we need to do in order to get you to that point. Do you do the- when you ask those kind of questions, do they actually yeah. know the answers or are they just more like, I know I want to do some marketing? 
sometimes they know the answers, sometimes they don't. Like I had a conversation with a guy earlier today and he was like, yeah, we just signed up with a company and they're doing SEO and pay-per-click. I don't think they're doing anything on social media. I'm not 100% sure. We signed up with them like last week on Friday. I'm like, you, you don't even know what you're paying for? <laughs> so yeah. it's, um, but you know, but that some guys, be- they're on it, man. That's one, of the things, that's one of the things we coach whenever you're going to look for a, a media person. One of those keys for us is to go there knowing what you want. Exactly. This is what I'm looking for. I'm trying to get to this um, specific and be specific. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get to this number of leads. I'm yep. trying to get to these target people. I'm trying to get to this type of uh, product that I'm out there marketing. Uh, like you said, the metal roof guys. Like yep. you, need to, you need to have a really good handle on that and who that target market is. And the other thing is like, come there knowing what you want your brand to be. Yep. Because and know how much money you're willing to spend in total, not just on your quote unquote retainer or management fee for the company, but how much are you all in when it comes to that and ads? Yeah, so one of the things I've noticed about the really good marketing company, I don't, I've never asked you this question, but the really yep. good ones will, will say, hey, this is our number, right? Whatever the management fee is. Mm-hmm. And then um, they'll say, hey, your budget's going to be determined by what you're willing to spend. That's part of it. But the real part of it is we're going to do some testing first. We're not going to run a bunch of expensive crap right off the bat. We're going to run some small tests and see what's working. And when we see the one that's working, then we're going to come to you and say, double down, triple down, 10x down, like go, like go hard yep. right here. Is that how you guys do it? Yes. So we, um, if we're running Facebook ads or Google ads, it doesn't matter, right? Like Facebook is a different animal than what Google is. They're, they're not completely different, but we have two different departments that run those for a reason. Right. Right. So like with Google, our guy, John, what he'll do is he'll run mini ads for 14 days. I mean, not spending a lot of money, but enough to to get some results, right? And once he sees that, he goes, okay, Tommy, these are the results and this is what we have. Let's analyze everything and see where we're headed. Okay, well, roof replacement and metal roofing are the two things that had the biggest hits over the course of the last two weeks. Okay, cool. Let's keep running these smaller ads because we're substantially under budget, Right. And then let's double and triple and 10x down on these two things that are performing the best. Because one of the things on Google, not to give too much free information away here, but I'll give a little bit away. You have to pay attention to cost per click on those keywords as well. So let's say, for instance, you have a $3,000 ad spend a month, right? 30 days in a month. That means, and with Google, you have to set weekly budgets, which basically comes down to daily budgets. Okay. So you're spending $100 a day ish is about what you're spending, right? If one click costs you $95 because of a bad keyword, your budget's gone for the day. You're not getting any more leads and you got one click. So that's, those are the things that you really have to pay attention to. It's not just what's working, but it's also balancing what's working and we can get more than one click per day on. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, (laughs) More eyes on it, the more clicks, reduces my cost. And so my cost per acquisition goes down. Exactly. Awesome. Yep. 
I think we were averaging like $4 a call for that uh, company that I was telling you about that was getting 60 calls a month. That's cheap. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, it's dirty. sell somebody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if you only sold a tenth of them, that's six people. Yeah. You know? Cool. I mean, the average roof is what, 14K and some change across the country? Yeah. Something like that? Yes, man. It's, uh, actually, the average roof price right now is eighteen thousand three hundred dollars. Uh, that's right. I didn't account for inflation there. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I just finished doing the research on it. Eighteen thousand three hundred bucks. Nice. Uh, but still, the the goal of like for a sales guy is a million dollars. I don't get it. It's eighteen thousand yep. three hundred today. Yep. It was seventy eight hundred dollars when I started twenty four years ago. You know what the goal was twenty four years ago? A million dollars. A million bucks. It's <laughs> still a million. No matter what the cost of the roof is, still a million dollars. I, I hit the million then. I don't know what I did today. It'd be crazy. Yeah. All right. Hey, Tommy, I, I'm going to let you go. I know you've got uh, things to do. So do I. No, I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate your time today. Great story. Thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for owning it too. Like owning yeah. it and, and like, hey, this is who I am, and and we're gonna we're gonna use that as uh, to explain who we are. And it's helping you follow your dream. So I think that's cool. I, really I appreciate do. it, Jim. Thanks for having me on, buddy. All right, man. Hey, I'll let you go. And uh, we will uh, catch you here soon, I would imagine. So oh, yeah. have a good one. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, everybody. That was Tommy Richardson from Nubs Media. You want to get a hold of him. You want to become his friend because he only works with contractors he wants to become friends with. Um, nubsmedia.com. Uh, you can find Tommy on Facebook as well. Uh, man, uh, what an amazing story. Uh, that, is, uh, that, was, that was enjoyable. Um, to take something that would be tragedy and turn it into victory uh, is the stories I like to hear. I hope you like to hear them as well. I hope you take whatever you see as tragedy in your life and do the same thing. Turn it into victory. Look at it as a challenge that it's just this thing I got to get over and get past. I don't use the word can't. I use the word can. And I get consistent about what I do. If there was anything that I learned uh, today talking with Tommy, that, that consistency is what pays off, not just in our social media, and our in our business, in our lives, in our relationships. Do that. Just little incremental things every single day. And you will get to what it is that you're looking for. Thanks for being here on Contractor Radio. If you're looking for help with your business, you can always find us at contractorcoachpro.com. Take our little contractor assessment. Just click the button that says assessment on it. Uh, you'll take an assessment. Take about 20 minutes because it's intense. And from that, we'll do a free coaching call with you. Not a sales call, not a sales pitch, none of that kind of stuff. Like truly coach you on the results of your assessment. If you like it and want to be a client, great because we like friends that are clients as well. If not, we will provide you value that day to help you take some next steps in your business. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Contractor Radio, and we'll catch you next time on our next episode, and uh, we look forward to seeing you. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.